Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the show, fellow conspiracy realist. Uh, this is the week of uh, an infamous anniversary in United States history. And that's why we're bringing you not only this classic, but another conversation with a JFK expert, Rob Ryder, who's done a couple of other things as well. <laughs> a few. So with this classic, you know, we, we've been looking at the JFK assassination for quite some time. It's part of modern American folklore. Uh, and with that, it's, it's not surprising uh, that there would be modern myths and legends built up around just this family. Oh, yeah. Well, there have been so many deaths that just appear to be horrible accidents, right? But when you look at them all in order, let's say if you looked at all of the Kennedy families who've died in plane crashes, for instance, it, it all begins to, or it seems like maybe a pattern. And how much of that is us uh, searching for patterns or seeing those that don't exist versus there being some sand to the so-called Kennedy curse. Let's jump right into it. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined with our super producer, Paul Cape Cod Deckett. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. A Wicked Had episode, I should say. Pack the cat, have it yad. Yes. Wicked Had. Yes, just so. That's, yeah. that's how you do it. Huh? <laughs> Only way. We might run into a few of those accents in today's show. So, uh, by the way, at the top of the show, go ahead and give us a call at one eight three three stdwytk as you listen along and let us hear your craziest uh, Northeastern accent. Yeah, I'd love to hear, especially if you're not from there. Yeah, yeah, which we are not, by the way. Chicken in the car, the guy won't go. It's different, but similar. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, there's also the pet cemetery 
Oh. Main accidents are my favorite, you know. You bury your own. Don't go into the road, Lois. They said it was a nor'easter. Sometimes that is better. <laughs> it was a night just like this. I'm just going to agree with you guys. Come on, Matt. Uh-huh. You got this. Uh, I love it. Give us one. You don't, you're not going to grace us with your golden voice? It'll come work in. All right. Please. That's fine. You're right. Okay. Uh, why are we talking about Northeastern accents? Why are we talking about Massachusetts in particular? We're so glad you asked because we are attempting to add a little bit of levity to what is going to be a story riddled with tragedy, lousy with disaster, replete and overflowing with untimely death. Today, we are talking about the Kennedy family, one of the most influential political dynasties in recent U.S. history. They're on the level of the Roosevelt's or the Taft's. Yeah, they're the American political dynasty, Mm -hmm. I would say, uh, rather than other than the Bushes, perhaps, Mm -hmm. and maybe the Clintons. And maybe the Clintons. The people would also often cite the years of the JFK presidency as the Camelot time, right? And they romanticize it. Did you guys see there was a meme floating around? It was an image of Bill Clinton kind of peeking out from behind these bronze sculptures of George and Barbara Bush, and the caption was Clinton hiding in the bushes. (laughs) I have not seen that one. Nope. It's it's cute. Well, (laughs) according to some, despite their tremendous success in the world of PR, right, and public diplomacy, the Kennedy family has a dark side. That's also not a debate, but today's question is, is the Kennedy family cursed? I don't, I don't know if many people have heard about this. Matt, I think you brought this one to us originally, right? Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Just because I've heard, I'd heard of it, maybe. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. We perhaps were discussing JFK in an episode, I think, mm-hmm. and it came up, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, here are the facts. We, we've we covered a lot of uh, things related to the Kennedy family before, like you said, with JFK, RFK. We have that, uh, at least videos on that. We've also uh, dove in, oh, poor choice of words, to the Chappaquiddick incident. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm, let's just keep it. Let's just ah, keep no, it rolling. No, come on, man. Own it. <laughs> and we uh, we had a fantastic interview with the writers of Chappaquiddick. But this stuff all comes into play. This is a, a an overall look at these tragedies. But first, we have to learn about who the Kennedys are, which I don't think we've ever done on this show. The Kennedy family origin, and let's do their early timeline. Surprise, surprise, uh, they're ba- they're, they come from Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> In case they didn't already get that across. Now, and this is just a shot in the sure, dark here, yeah. but do you think early Kennedy influence stemmed from those political machines that raised up Irish immigrants to positions of prominence? It's an, it's an interesting question, and I would I would say definitely uh, because you know we hear a lot about Tammany Hall in New York, but Boston was not very different. They had their own, I'm sure. Right. I don't know what it's called. No, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's. Starting in Ireland, there's a guy named Brian Kennedy. As you can tell, this is close to his heart. And he says the origins of the family can be traced to a clan called, which I will mispronounce because I don't speak Gaelic. Oh, and, you know, I went to Ireland recently. All the signs are in Gaelic and English. Which is a script of its own, right? Almost right. like Cyrillic or like Ooh. the Russian alphabet. Yeah, That's you, pretty cool. You can. I, I was trying to learn Gaelic just while I was there to say cool phrases, but but no one cared. Everyone spoke <laughs> English. 
I saw one television channel, I think was like a public education thing with these people speaking Gaelic that sounded really cool. Oh, wow. Interesting. We've just been alerted by our super producer, Paul, that most people in Ireland do not, in fact, call it Gaelic. They call it... Uh, Irish. Irish. Do you speak Irish? Well, that was a long intro to something that I am about to mispronounce. Uh, Their family clan was Osinead Fion, uh, which was one of three clans that ruled a kingdom named Ormund, and they resided in what is today... Pacane County Tipperary uh, in 1546, but they lost their social status in the New English Order in the Kingdom of Ireland, and they had to move. They ended up in Dungan'stown, New Ross, County Wexford by 1740, and that is where a fellow named Patrick Kennedy is born in 1823. Patrick came, Bridget Murphy are the first Kennedys to live in the U.S. Patrick worked as a cooper, which means he made barrels. Nice. That's a good thing. Meg, you need a lot of those in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. Especially if uh, you're going to get into bootlegging down Mm -hmm. the line. Spoilers. They have five kids, Patrick and Bridget. And one of these, Patrick Joseph Kennedy, or PJ to his buddies, which for some reason, I I just love that as a nickname. Uh, He became a legitimate businessman. And, uh, uh, legitimate yeah. businessman. Yeah, and served in the state legislature. This makes him the first Kennedy politician here in the States. Um, he's also the paternal grandfather of President JFK, one of PJ's kids, a uh, guy, and it gets confusing here. Yeah, so so yeah. there's Patrick Joseph Kennedy, and then he's got a kid named Joseph Patrick Kennedy. He's also known as Joe. So there's PJ and Joe. I don't know if they like PJ got- and JP. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they got charged extra at the hospital for using new names and they just continually had to trade these out. But yeah, Joe was born in 1888 and he is the one who became instrumental in the family's political and financial rise and he was kind of a shady cat. Yeah, he was – let's say he was known to associate with certain elements of the underworld. Elements, I'm sorry. Are you using hyperbole here? No, like, no, like um, fluoride. Barium. Uh-huh, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, and also the mob. Oh, yeah, uh, gangsters. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, the Irish, Italians, some of the – he had some friends in some places. Well, and again, with the whole political machine thing, that was right. an early version of like the mob. Not, not an early version, but operated very similarly, make, getting collections and influencing votes mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, state – Events, mm-hmm. Yeah, intimidating rival politicians even. Mm-hmm. So he is a character fraught with mystery and could be an episode of his own. Not the nicest man. He was a controversial figure in Boston because despite the fact that he made a ton of money through what he claims were legitimate means – In high society in Boston, money alone cannot pave your path to acceptance. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you earned it in the last few generations, you're a peasant. It's got to be old money. Yeah. Old, old money. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to buy his way into this society to gain the acceptance. Uh, But it was tough because one of the big rumors about him, even though he always said he was a legitimate businessman – One of the big rumors about him for decades that persist even today is that he was intimately involved with bootlegging. Yeah. And – We can recommend a book called The Patriarch, The Remarkable Life and Turbulent Times of Joseph P. Kennedy. 
mm-hmm. if you want to learn a lot more about him. <laughs> right, right. And he he went on to work as a U.S. ambassador to London, which started to gain him entrance into the uh, upper echelons of the political class. And it's there that he continued to make some hard decisions. He got kind of house of cards with it, didn't he? But we'll get we'll get into that his time over the pond in a little bit. Uh, for now, maybe we can talk about some of the notable individuals of the Kennedy clan. All right. First, we have JFK, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the 35th president of these fair United States. Uh, then we have his brother, Ted Kennedy, a senator from Massachusetts, and I believe, guys, the long one of the longest standing senators mm-hmm. in yes. the history of the, uh, the office. Yeah. Known as the lion of ooh, the Senate. Ooh, the lion. Uh, then we have uh, Robert Bobby, right, Kennedy? Yes. Who is attorney general and later a senator from New York. Mm-hmm. Yes. And these are just the top three, right? We've got uh, – there's several other Kennedys that are influential in business and that are influential to one degree or another in politics. The family overall has amassed a cartoonishly large fortune at this point. It's estimated to be – $500 million if we're talking net worth, but that's just what's on the books. And mm. there's some pretty compelling evidence that, you know, when you're at that level, there's pretty compelling evidence that they have the means to not be conti- entirely transparent. So like offshore accounts? Yeah. yeah, offshore accounts, maybe things that wouldn't be recognized in terms of assets or things that are, you know, properties in other countries where reporting laws are a little looser. A little different. Yeah, just like the accusations of the uh, Bush family years back buying all that land in Paraguay, right? Do you mm-hmm. remember that one? Yeah, I do remember that one. <laughs> that one disappeared from the news too. Yeah. Isn't it weird when that happens? Mm-hmm. You got to wonder. I know. Are there machinations? Yeah, does it mean they were just wrong? Yeah. Or what, you know? Because uh, one thing that we – don't see a lot of nowadays is uh, any attention paid to retractions in the news, right? Because mm-hmm. nobody came out and said, no, that never happened. The Paraguay thing, it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. We just, like if we don't talk about it anymore, it never happened. Like at the Pentagon where they say, we don't lie. The truth just changes. Uh, yeah. No, that's a real, like no, they no, actually yeah. say it. <laughs> yeah, it's on their letterhead. <laughs> it's, real. it's on their letterhead, yeah. Uh, so You'll probably notice, fellow conspiracy realist, that at this point, we have not mentioned anything particularly tragic, just the story of one's family's rise to the political elite of the U.S. But what if there is more to this tale? Could the Kennedy family, in fact, be cursed? We'll find out right after a quick word from our sponsor. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. Old 
these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Here's where it gets crazy. So how did this curse begin, if it's a curse? You just did two-handed quotation fingers. <laughs> Raised writ large. But yeah, but it's hard to argue with um, the level of seeming cursedness that we're about to delve into. There we go. Yeah, there's a, there's a guy named Edward Klein who is billed as a political researcher. And he, he says that he thinks this curse uh, has haunted the Kennedy family for 150 years, but there's no uh, – no one really agrees on what event started it or how a curse is defined. Well, a curse is what happened when a witch wiggles her fingers at you and says, I curse thee. <laughs> yeah. It could be anybody if you know the evil eye. That's right? true. <clears throat> I'm doing the evil eye. Nobody can <laughs> see it because <laughs> we're on an the audio. finger. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, doing double evil eye. Let's say, okay, let's put it this way. A All lot right. of, it's interesting that Klein puts it at 150 years because most everything seems to stand, uh, stem back to the offspring of Joe Kennedy. Mm. Not the grandfather, but the... Uh, the father of Robert and JFK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times with a curse, the folklore of a curse, the the history of curses, you curse a person in their bloodline essentially, right? Oh, yeah. So descendants I, from that I curse forward. your name. Well, I mean, yeah, a lot your of house, times. A, a pox yeah. upon your house. So it's interesting that they put 150 years because I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back exactly that far – if if I was the one saying, hey, this this family looks cursed, I would probably put it on Joe rather than on Patrick Joseph Kennedy mm-hmm. um, just because it's mostly his kids and their offspring that are really getting the t- the bad end of the stick. The fuzzy side of the lollipop. Yeah, yeah. As our, as our old uh, mentor used to say, 
Yeah. The, that, that's a really good point. So when we're talking about Joseph himself, uh, let's go back to what he actually did across the pond that would later become controversial. So we mentioned before that he was – he became an ambassador to England mm-hmm. while, while he is working in his political career. Then, you know, World War II happened. And in the run-up to World War II, as the Nazi party begins taking over, there's a lot of debate in England as to, you know, how do we deal with this threat um, mm-hmm. with, with these people that are threatening us. They're threatening all of our neighbors. They're doing unspeakable, horrible things. We're going to try and cut them off from a monetary perspective as much as we can, you know, by not buying and selling goods to them. Anyway, there are, there are a lot of ideas that are floated around and there are some people in high society in England who disagree completely. Hmm. So we've got – on one side, you've got let, – let's go through this, Ben. We've got uh, Neville Chamberlain who – Nazi appeasement is what it's kind of referred to as. Right. But it's more of let's let's not necessarily give them everything they want, but let's try and work with them to a point where they're not going to bomb the absolute crap out of us. And just right. overthrow our government. Yeah, the idea being that maybe uh, not entirely capitulating, giving a few things to uh, Nazi Germany at the time would, uh, I guess, stabilize the country or sort of mitigate the aggression and also put them on a footing where the Western powers were saying to Germany, we understand that you guys got pretty screwed after World War One. Yeah, well, like, we see that you've got issues. <laughs> we're sorry that you feel like you need an apology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Do you get a sense, though, that this wasn't entirely with evil intent? I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was, a, it was one way of behaving to try to get things done, right? I mean, at the For time. For sure. It's a philosophy on how to handle a very tough situation yes. because on, on the other end, when you've got military leaders who are saying, no, we have, we absolutely have to fight them on the beaches. We got to fight them everywhere. Yeah. We got to say, no, you bastards get oh, back. Can we play <laughs> that quote? <laughs> Churchill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play the, let's, uh, Paul, can we play the Churchill quote? We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. That really was Gary Oldman's finest role, his finest time. I mean, he deserved his darkest hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we had we, did, we had an ad read for that show, yeah. and we had to redo it because we said the darkest hour. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was actually just darkest, darkest hour. hour. They made us redo the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that ad read, and it is a good film. Yeah. Uh, I'll give him that. I really think that guy's a great actor. Mm-hmm. But uh, as where mu- were we? As much as I like Gary Oldman. My one of my favorite historical figures at this day, at this point in time in the story, is rip roaring, drunk, toad looking Winston Churchill. That guy was insane. He, yeah. he, like, he helped win World War II 
And I don't know if he woke up remembering it most mornings. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, no, man. No, you're right, man. He definitely seemed sauced most almost any time. time he was on mic. Yeah. But you know what? That's It's like, what is it? Uh, Hemingway says, you're not really a man until you're drunk. Being like, you're not your best self. <laughs> Wow. Not, not to encourage the <laughs> listeners here to just live life drunk, but there's something to be said in that when you see these people that are just like so in the zone through utter drunkenness. And it was yeah. a thing to behold. It was probably a, um, you know, their state dependent learning they had normalized at that point. So they may not have been able, it's really sad to say, they may not have been able to function. Absolutely. Oh, same with those ad men, you know, like oh, uh, yeah. just the culture of like mm. pitching these ideas while taking your 9 a.m. Mm. glass of whiskey, you know. I mean, what kind of sassafras fancy boy is too good for a martini at 10? Right? <laughs> uh, okay, so this so Winston Churchill said, we have to go to war. Appeasement will not work. And, you know, his side was right. But that is not the side that Joe was on. That's correct. And and so a lot of people think that perhaps some – well, actually, well, let's just go into this. He was maligned. Like he was viewed in a very negative light, especially in the United States yeah. after this came out, that he mm. was – they you know, he was called a Nazi sympathizer. He was on the wrong side of history. Yeah, mm. yeah. And again, like – it's tough to say back then, like maybe he truly believed that this was a way to, to get out of it in a better way right. than just – I mean we're talking about scores of people, you know, British citizens who died as a result of the World War II and, and the Nazis. But at the time, it was just a terrible thing, a terrible thing to do in the aftermath of World War II. And then he had political aspirations in the U.S. Sure. And ultimately, those were just dashed against the wall because everybody looked at him in that light. Well, it's rough, too, considering the outcome. He, he definitely comes off as, like, taking the moral low ground. You know, when you really – knowing what we know or what you knew even just a little bit later, mm-hmm. even, like, you know, toying with that notion was bad, a bad look. Yeah. They also had um – there, there are indications that he had personal prejudice involved as far as anti-Semitism. Well, there yeah. are there are indications, and it, it is tough because a lot of it ends up being not not rumor, but a little more hearsay than you know an actual thing you can prove. There's correspondence uh, between some of the Kennedy family uh, from Kennedy and Joe Jr. in 1934, in which the son calls the uh, Nazis dislike of Jewish people, quote, well-founded. And uh, the dad is saying, I'm very pleased and gratified at your observations of the German situation. Jeez. Okay, yeah. so that's, that's worse than I understood. So could that have been, how is that related to this curse? Well, I the did. thought is perhaps, you know, that's pre a lot of the cursing mm-hmm. that's happening. I think 19... 19- 44 is the first one that we've like clocked later on in our timeline as to the first part of the curse. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense if there was a curse applied around this time, like beginning to middle of World War II. I see. And that, that kind of verges on a, a spiritual aspect. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, well, that's this is another theory that I've seen online is that perhaps because of the way that Joe Kennedy amassed his fortune, uh, mm. you know, even though he says, oh, you know, I'm a businessman, just like his grand- his father sure. said, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Um, perhaps there was some ill-gotten gains there, maybe a family that was, you know, taken advantage of or someone got hurt. So basically either we've got 
in the, in some of the theories that have been put forth, mm-hmm. either he's been cursed in some way because of his involvement with World War II and the Nazis, or mm-hmm. in some with some other group that he wronged in amassing his fortune. Okay, that's what I have seen online. I like that you say group. Uh, I, I like the idea of some uh, real world interest pursuing mm-hmm. someone. So. You can already see some of the issues here, folks. There's no universally agreed on theory on what could have happened or triggered a curse. There are several compelling guesses. As you said, Matt, uh, the most compelling timelines do seem to trace it to Joe Kennedy. Absolutely. Uh, But most use of the term curse just centers on describing this strange collection of tragic events that appear to bedevil this family much more so than the average uh, Jane and John Doe Smith Nguyen. (laughs) Nguyen? I, it's it's 2018. It's America, man. That, that's the, that's a fun one. I, I, I never knew how to pronounce that until about 2016. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Is it hyphenated Smith Nugent? I you know I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm picking a generic average American family. <laughs> it's crazy the, though, you guys. When you see these stacked up like in a list, it, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Let's well, do some. And, but yeah. also remember, yeah. there are a lot of Kennedys. That's true. And, that's true, and associated Kennedys. That's true. And and times were volatile. And there there are people who are Kennedy adjacent, uh-huh. sort of the way like Redman is always hanging out with Wu Tang, but is not himself in Wu Tang. Yeah. What are some? Okay. So like, what are some examples of the curses? I think, or examples of the curse itself. Well. Ultimately, there are a lot of deaths that we would consider to be untimely, early deaths. Every death is earlier than it should be, right? Uh, Or airplane accidents. That's a whole category that we can kind of put in here because the Kennedys fly a lot. Uh, Most – some of the most affluent people do fly the most because you can afford it Mm -hmm. or perhaps you have your pilot's license. Um, And in this case, the Kennedys did fly a whole lot. The first – Though the first person who was killed in an aircraft accident was actually serving his country mm-hmm. uh, when when he was killed, he was not a private pilot at the time. On August twelfth, nineteen forty four, Joseph Kennedy Jr. This is uh, the older brother of JFK. He was killed in an aircraft explosion when he was serving during the Second World War. So, nineteen forty four, Joseph Kennedy Jr. Okay, so then um, in 1948, May 13th, we have Kathleen Cavendish, who was JFK's sister uh, and also the wife of the Marquis of Hartington. Oh, yeah. What is that? Ah, yes, the Marquis of Hartington. Is that uh, like some kind of weird like like um, Connecticut uh, local government position? <laughs> Let's do a Google search, yeah, shall what, we? <laughs> what, what, what's it? Uh, yeah, it's a uh, landed title. In the UK, okay. Oh, in the UK, okay, of course. So, what a lot of uh, what a lot of political dynasties do to get around what they sell to you as a voter, if you're in the US, what a, what a lot of them do to get the aristocratic heights that they want is they marry into aristocratic families. So, when it's voting season, they can still put on some. I'll say it. They can still put on a pair of bullshit overalls and a baseball cap and act like they have remotely anything to do with ordinary people. Yeah, like a mm. duke or an earl, perhaps. <laughs> the duke of earl? Hey, 
do. Sorry, do. That's funny, actually. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so we've got Kathleen Cavendish, the apparent husband to the Marquis of Hardington. She dies in a plane crash in France. Yep. Yep. And there's another plane crash in June 19th of 1964. Ted Kennedy is in this plane crash, uh, and he and a senator named Birch Bob both survive with some pretty pr- pretty grisly injuries. And the Reaper was gunning for this fellow. One of Kennedy's aides dies in the crash, and the pilot of the plane also dies. I have a quick question with this. It seems like a ton of plane crashes, but to your earlier point, Matt, they were flying more than average. And also, I'm wondering if plane technology, if aviation safety technology was just not where it is now. I'm certain that yeah. must be the case. Well, and they're also in small private Chartered planes. Chartered little yeah. small yeah. planes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just a higher risk with those with those aircraft. No Kennedy. Yeah. Fly commercial? <laughs> Unheard of. Uh, in 69, there is the infamous Chappaquiddick incident uh, where wherein Mary Jo Kopechny dies, is abandoned to drown by Ted Kennedy, uh, who survives and somehow retains a political career, but that is commonly considered to be the nail in the coffin of his presidential ambitions. Yeah. But and again, I somehow – I would say rightly so. Yeah. But then you're right. Somehow ended up being one of the most beloved senators out there. Somehow. <clears throat> Soon we forget. So uh, what else do we have? Because this isn't all of it yet, is it? No, no. We're, we're still going through all this. Okay. Um, 1997, you have Michael L. Kennedy. He's one of uh, Robert Robert Kennedy's children. He dies in a skiing accident, of all things, out in Colorado. And apparently there was this Kennedy tradition of doing downhill skiing while playing American football. Yeah. So it's this weird thing where they would split up the – like if you're looking at the whole slope, they would split the slope up into varying fields. Mm. So like when you're in this section, you're in one field and you Mm. can score. Then you're in this section, you can score in this field and it just kind of goes down, 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 down. So what you're saying, Matt, is that he was asking for it. No. Jeez. No, (laughs) no. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I misunderstood your meaning. <laughs> I will. I will say that uh, some onlookers who would view the this Kennedy tradition of playing this game thought it was extremely dangerous. Well, that's what I'm saying. It sounds <laughs> stupid. It sounds really dumb. Michael Lemoyne Kennedy. Why are you doing this? That's his middle name. <laughs> okay. It's so much to that. live for. Well, the the strange thing is that you get rid of your poles because you need your hands to catch the football and to throw it. Yeah. And you're just going down these big slopes and you're looking behind you sometimes to throw the ball, looking ahead of you mm-hmm. to throw the ball. And yeah, he uh, unfortunately hit a tree and – 39, right? Yeah, succumbed to his injuries that way. 39 years old. And uh, then there's another aircraft incident, I believe. Oh, yes, yes. This is John F. Kennedy Jr. Jr. Yes. That's what the, his parents probably call him. They probably just screamed junior at him. Junior. Yeah. <laughs> junior, study wicked hard. Yes. <laughs> so um, John F. Kennedy's son, the junior, he was on his way to Martha's Vineyard up there in Cape Cod, again, flying a light plane, like mm-hmm. a small plane. And he crashed He after he got a little disoriented, I guess, while he was in flight. He was flying at night, which is, you know. A little dangerous because yeah. if your instruments go bad, it's it's pretty rough out there. He ended up crashing in the ocean and uh, he died there. Yes. Seems like these Kennedys uh, were risk takers. True. 
true. Uh, there's more to the story too, because yeah. this is just scratching the surface. I'm sure you can figure out what we're going to dive into next, but uh, see if you're correct or not after this break. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 
We have returned, and we must also acknowledge the most widely known untimely deaths in the Kennedy line. Those are the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in November 22, 1963, as he rides through Dallas, Texas. Lee Harvey Oswald, who we later discover um, was his assassin, is gunned down at a police station two days later. And this created, as we on this show in this community very well know, widespread conspiracies about the president's death. You know, was there more than one shooter? Was he taken out by the government? I mean, it's too long. The mob, the Russians. It just goes on. Yes, and his brother, Robert F. Kennedy, look, it doesn't matter if you consider yourself a fan of the Kennedys or not. They were super into nepotism and nepotism is poisonous for the type of government that we are supposed to have. I just have to put that in there. I know that these people passed. I know these assassinations were unjust, but it's doing everyone a disservice if we ignore the fact that nepotism is a very, very bad thing. You feel very strongly about this, Ben. You've mentioned it before on the show. Absolutely. And I will continue mentioning it until somebody with a problem gets their brother or their cousin in office and shuts down our show because it matters that much. I hope I'm not poking the bear too much here, guys. But regardless – Yeah, the bear can take it. I'm not saying that they're – I'm not saying that they're inherently bad. Robert F. Poke that bear, Ben. (laughs) Robert F. Kennedy is the attorney general – Right. So he's holding one of the highest offices in the land, legally speaking, while his brother is arguably holding one of the highest offices in the world. This is weird. That's weird. No, this this is the whole thing. And then he gets he gets a bullet, too. He gets an assassin's bullet, too. Right. I mean, assassinations in U.S. politics, I don't see them as being wide rife. No, they're relatively rare. Yeah. Yeah. So. He is – he's 38 years old when, and he is calling for further investigations into the JFK assassination because he believes there's more to the story. Like the majority of Americans in the wake of the JFK assassination, he thinks someone is lying. And on June 6th, 1968, he is assassinated after winning the California Democratic primary – uh, the gunman, Sirhan Sirhan, is alive now as we record this. Isn't this the one where he was supposedly some kind of Manchurian candidate? Mm-hmm. He has at least maintained that he has no memory of this, that he was programmed somehow. And uh, there are also – he also argues that forensic evidence and eyewitness reports of the shooting back up his story that he was not the fatal shooter. It's fascinating if you start digging into it. I don't remember if we've done a huge thing on Sirhan Sirhan. We did something. I know I, we I talked about it. Yeah. It may have been like a like a hodgepodge kind of episode, Ooh. but I definitely remember talking about this uh, sleeper agent kind of stuff. Yeah, which is frightening. And the big question is, can you pull it off? How, yeah. how much – I guess it's more a degree of uh, compulsion. It's not can we make people – do things they would not ordinarily do without their own knowledge of their actions. That's how advertising works. 
the question is how far can we push it? Well, can I take it just a quick aside sure. in service of this story? Have you guys seen the latest Darren Brown special on Netflix? Miracles. Miracle. Yeah. And guys, if you don't know who Darren Brown is, he is what is deemed a mentalist. He is an expert at everything from hypnosis to some more kind of – uh, sketchy pseudosciencey things he's accused of doing. There's a neurolinguistic programming, I think, is one of them, mm-hmm. and he is a master of implanting ideas into his subjects' heads. And he is very good at picking out who will be most susceptible to said implanted ideas. Mm-hmm. And when you see him do his thing, it's hard to like poo-poo it. And it, it really does make me think, like what you were saying, Ben. Mm-hmm. How far could you push that if you weren't just a showman? Trying to make a cool Netflix special. I have followed that guy for years. Same. I yeah. think longtime listeners have heard us mention some mm-hmm. of his cooler tricks. It's weird that all of a sudden, though, he's getting Netflix specials and he's been around for 20 years. You think it's us, you guys? Oh, I hope so. I'd like to think <laughs> so. But for our purposes, I think the Fantastic Players, there's so many questions that remain about these assassinations. Uh, we got pretty cautiously optimistic earlier this year when some. Uh, Formerly classified statements about the JFK assassination were due to be released, but not much. Yeah, not much came out of it. There wasn't much in there. A lot of black ink. Yeah. Yeah. Like that old Onion article where uh, the CIA says they found out they've been using black highlighters for the past few decades. Uh, So (laughs) these are the two most popular ones, but – There are other stories that get ignored and we would be remiss if we did not point out a story, uh, a tragedy in the Kennedy family that for decades was just not talked about, not just not talked about by the Kennedys themselves, but not talked about by their uh, support staff, uh, the various, I guess, people that they bound to obey them or however you would describe that relationship. Uh, and the the press didn't talk about it either, and that is Rosemary Kennedy, who was uh, one of the daughters of Rose Kennedy and daughter of Joe Kennedy. She was arguably intellectually disabled in a family with very high standards, and her father scheduled a lobotomy for her, of course, without her consent, a catastrophic operation that left her with the mental capacity of a toddler. Well, yeah. When yeah. she, I think she was twenty-three. This was forty-one in yeah. nineteen forty-one. So this predates all the other stuff. So there's also some rumors out there that maybe, hmm. again, you kind of got to go out on a limb for this stuff, but maybe somehow she's such taking a, revenge on her family. Oh well, yeah, such a barbaric thing to do to someone. And you know, it was just such a blind shot in the dark. You know, just nothing backing it up. What would they have said was a reason that this would be a good thing to do? Well, by the way, she was assertive and she was rebellious as she was getting older. Oh. So, like, she was endangering the Kennedy name, essentially. She had ideas. Yeah. Seriously. So this – and didn't perhaps have the uh, sense of nuanced diplomacy and brand building uh, that these folks were doing on their way to becoming your next American empire. So the the way it was most likely sold was this will make her more amenable and docile. That's the way people handle lobotomies. Oh, my God. It'll help them be calm forever. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like that time in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yep. There you go. Oh, man. That's such a great book. By the way, that I think 
I think this is the best um, horror movie version of the Kennedy curse is that they do this horrible thing to their one child and it's kept a secret yeah. for so yeah. long no, and sure. she's yeah. actually somehow taking revenge. Especially mm-hmm. the one child being somewhat precocious and uh, willful, I guess. Right. And, you know, and then I'm going to shut you down. You didn't think I was good enough to be part of your, you know, family line? Well, mm. here we go. That's a very compelling. Ooh, I'm getting that, shivers. Yeah, that, that's a very compelling story that I, I have to ask you guys and everyone listening do you all believe in something like karma? Do you think it's a possibility? I don't know. I, it's, I think it's a name we give for something very ephemeral and, and indescribable. Mm-hmm. I, I said to someone the other day, God is the name we give for improbable happenstance. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where like things just line up in a certain way, things work out, and you call it God or something. That's mm-hmm. just – I see this very similarly. Yeah. It's the opposite though. Things – align in a very horrible way over a long period of time. Uh, A dark coincidence, right? I don't know if bad things happen to people who deserve them. I think often people who are not constrained by things like empathy or the human race being viewed as a team sport, I think they go around doing terrible things without foreseeable or predictable consequences. That's because they just steamroller anyone that's in their way and they have no uh, scruples. Yeah, you hear that, kids? That's how you get ahead in life. You don't be nice. You become a steamroller, and then you hit go, and that's it. Done. Until until the good the good guys who do exist find you and stop you. It's just I don't know. Well, it's hard to stop a steamroller. The only way you can really stop a steamroller uh-huh. is if you got a hill. Then uh, you're good. <laughs> that's good, man. Or with a bigger steamroller. There you go. Yeah, like a giant uh, zamboni. I know they're not steamrollers. It's all good. I just wanted to say Zamboni. Have you seen? They are fantastic inventions. Makes me think of a magician. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me Zamboni. Right. That's the ice. No, you, no, you, you got. Yeah, you got. It. It. I just, I just think of the great Zamboni. You know. So, also to be fair to the controversial figure of uh, Joe Kennedy, it is completely possible that they legitimately thought this would help, that they wouldn't be crippling their daughter. Yeah, when you have a doctor telling you this is it will help her, it's a powerful I mean, thing. No, I know. Even today we 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 just we take the doctor's word at face value even with our when it comes to our own health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to just like, well, this mm-hmm. is you're you, you're the expert. Mm-hmm. This company is paying me to tell you that this drug is awesome for what you got. Did you see that thing where an artist put a giant sculpture of a heroin spoon outside of that company that makes all the opioids? Whoa. And he got arrested for like impeding a thoroughfare. That's <laughs> like Dang. a really so funny ridiculous. clause. What's the company's name? Now I can't remember. It's not Bayer, is it? No, hang on. It was the uh, Purdue, far- the, the Purdue family pharmaceutical company. Oh, okay, okay. Ah, uh, so not the chicken. Not the chicken. No, not okay. the chicken. Not to malign the chicken Purdue's. <laughs> They're they are unrelated to the opiate <laughs> Purdue's. Uh, but. That You know, what's a great point about that is there are a lot of people with the last name Kennedy who are not themselves related to these Kennedys. Yes. So we should we should point that out. We should also ask, is this a true curse or is this just a murky set of terrible, indefensible coincidences? Skeptics argue that what appears to be a curse is more likely just cherry picking. We're only finding notably tragic events from this huge family and that it's also not improbable 
or even unlikely for a similar large family to have similar disasters regardless of their social standing. So if we just expand our sample size large enough from that Smith-Nuyen example or whatever, then we'll eventually be able to find someone who was in a plane crash, someone who got uh, a very specific type of cancer. It's the same even when you start tracing people's lineages and, and at the end of the day, everyone's related to everyone. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Long enough timeline, big enough sample size, uh-huh. stuff happens, right? But you guys, I'm, I'm just going to ask you, Matt, curses? Believe? Do I, do I believe in them? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's tough. Because if you don't believe in curses, you better believe you're getting cursed. <sighs> but no, I, I I don't really believe in curses, but that's just because I guess my life has been pretty good so far. So, you know, mm. uh, yeah. What about you, Noel? It, it There's compelling stuff out there. I, I'm always a little bit of a fence sitter when it comes to this kind of stuff, but I don't know. Sometimes I Sometimes I feel pulled in one way or the other, depending on what I'm looking at. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I, I try not to have a hard, fast no to anything. I try to be open. <laughs> I thought you were going to say no to curses. <laughs> <laughs> no, just in general. You know, yeah, like I, sure. I, you know, I'm definitely skeptical about a lot of things, but I am always open to being convinced otherwise. And when you look at this stuff just stacked up the way we looked at yeah. it, something's up. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Here's the deal. Do you? What do you think, Ben? Oh, uh, well, okay. So – uh, in full disclosure, I should say that various parts of my family do completely believe in this for various reasons that we will not get into. But Ted Kennedy himself seemed to believe that there was a curse afoot. Uh, he publicly mentioned the phrase in 1969 when he was testifying about that time that he abandoned and drowned Mary Jo Kopechny. Uh, yeah, that, that curse that you know befell him as he escaped. And- yeah, it got to be really tough for him. To again to his cushy job, right? To again leave a woman in a car to die of asphyxiation uh, just for taking a ride with him. That's what he did. I, I'm not saying that he didn't do good legislation, but he also again abandoned someone, left him in a car to die. Basically, got away with murder and got away with. It. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's just play the clip. You can hear him say it's a curse. Whether some awful curse did actually hang over all the Kennedys, whether there was some justifiable reason for me to doubt what had happened and to delay my report. And to your question, Noel, there's another factor here, and it's one that doesn't often get seriously considered in the mass media because when we call something a curse, we're conjuring these images, right, of this this nefarious warlock, a sorcerer, a witch, the evil eye, a pox on your house, and all, all this highly dramatic fiction stuff. Grimoires. Yeah. Grimoires. I have newt, right? Uh, secret, secret arcane markings in the house where you can't see, right? Written in blood. Written in blood. Grandmas. You ever been cursed by a grandma? Mm-hmm. That's pretty, that's the worst kind of curse. <laughs> a grandmother curse? Uh-huh. The worst kind of curse in the first is the words of a grandmother, right? So. Hold the horses. She's heading for the buckwheat. <laughs> That's how my grandmother cursed. <laughs> but there, uh, there can be something foul afoot that functions like a curse without it necessarily being supernatural. One of these could be – one example of this would be a blood feud. So if, 
for instance, and I will not use us as examples because I don't want to jinx us, right? That's just another mm-hmm. version. That's like like a low-level curse. I want to jinx us. So let's say – That's when you curse yourself <laughs> by or, accident. Or whomever said, I hated that game when people – we say the same thing. Same thing? Say, yeah. I, I was trying to do that it. People say it's jinx. It, it's a conspiracy by the Coca-Cola company to get you to buy other people Cokes. Just so you know that. Oh, that's right. It's one, two, three, four. You owe me a Coke or something yeah. like that. What? Yeah. That, that's the old That was a big version. thing. Yeah, you, right, you have to yeah. buy a Coke you for whoever. buy me a Coke. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a conspiracy, just, dude. So there can be a vendetta in curse form that functions like a curse but doesn't have supernatural stuff. It just has a group of people who have agreed to carry out Actively. Right. Just um, tormenting members of another, like Hatfields and McCoys or something like that. Or, you know, poisonings, Mm -hmm. um, political assassinations, you know, crimes of that level too, right? Right, right, exactly. Albanian blood feuds. And when you're a big, giant political dynasty like the Kennedys, you're a target, man. You're a moving target. That's exactly what I'm thinking because the primary examples for – People who believe there is a curse and something that operates like it would be uh, the allegations of the assassination of RFK being related to his investigation of his brother's assassination. That f- for people who believe they are related, and uh, I'm one, I rarely state my personal opinion on the show, but too much stuff. Too too much stuff adds up. You really brought it full circle, Ben. That's really interesting. It's a really good point you make that this, you know, curse is another name for a phenomenon that you can't fully explain. But when you really start to look at this situation, it really starts to feel more like they just had a lot of enemies. Yeah. I mean, they definitely had uh, quite a few conflicts. I don't think you can get at that level without it. But whether you want to call it a curse, the result of being above the law for generations, or just plain bad luck, the Kennedy family remains beset by problems in the modern day. That is correct, folks. The tragedies did not stop after the assassinations. They did not stop with the stuff we mentioned. And the Kennedys are not always the victims in these situations. Uh, In 1973, August, Joseph P. Kennedy the second uh, crashed a Jeep, paralyzed his passenger. David Kennedy dro- died of a drug overdose in Palm Beach in 1984 in April. Uh, and then William Kennedy Smith was arrested and charged with the rape of a young woman in the Palm Beach Kennedy estate in April of 1991. Uh, he has received numerous charges of sexual assault. This was the only one to go to court, and he was acquitted. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was yeah, sounding no <laughs> sarcastic, if you couldn't tell. If right. you're um, interested in that aspect of um, – Certain Kennedys, and but if there's also rumors about a lot of the other male Kennedys, right, having to do with sexual assault and rape and some of these things. Most of these are allegations that cannot be proven, but mm. uh, you can go to uh, the New York Post and you can read something by Maureen Callahan, and it's called "The Real Curse of the Kennedys," and it deals a lot um, with some of these allegations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we have the case of Michael Skakel, a nephew of Robert Kennedy's widow, Ethel Kennedy, who was convicted of bludgeoning his neighbor in 2002. Wait, wait, wait. This is the first non-Kennedy name we've had in this sordid tale. Why is he a Skakel and not a Kennedy? This is the red man to the Wu-Tang kind of situation. I yeah, see. That we mentioned I see. earlier, I see. yeah. Uh, both were 15 at the time. 
I feel like we talked – did we talk about this in the Chappaquiddick episode? I don't think we have. Oh. Well, uh, he was accused of bludgeoning a girl named Martha Moxley to death with a golf club when they were both 15. Uh, there were some other kids that were there. Uh, he was granted a new trial in 2013 and freed on bail. Uh, three years later, prosecutors appealed. Uh, the court reinstated his conviction. Uh, he's asked them to reconsider. He's still on bail. Uh, Jeez. But so that was 2002 when he was first like taken to court for yeah. that stuff? Uh, that's when he was convicted, yeah. Got you. And uh, he was convicted of doing that, but – he was convicted in 2002, but the crime occurred in 1975. Okay. Uh, and then we, we had those two in the 90s, by the way, the skiing accident mm-hmm. and then I think one car accident or was that a plane crash? Plane crash. Plane Hard crash. to keep them straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, a lot. That was 99, JFK Jr.'s plane crash. So two in the 90s then there after that and then we get to 2012, May 16th. This is when Mary Richardson Kennedy was found um, – uh, she had committed suicide. She was found there on the estate in Bedford, New York. And that – remember that thing that we were talking about, the real curse of the Kennedys? It mm-hmm. surrounds that particular suicide um, if you're interested again, if you want to read more. Well, okay. <laughs> and on this note, of course, um, as Matt said, every death is too soon, and so we hope that uh, we we hope that if except there, for Hitler, it, <laughs> except for Hitler, sure. And so, of course, we hope that your family is not beset by problems like this. Uh, we also want to know what do you think? Do you think there is a a genuine curse, or is this just an agglomeration of coincidence framed in a specific way? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if if you do think it is a curse, why do you think it's happening? What's mm-hmm. the what's the core of it? Um, the inciting incident, I guess. Because there's always one of those if there is a curse. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested. If a Kennedy ran for president today, would you vote for them? Mm. On principle, like just because it's a name is what we're asking you? Yeah. Is or, there like name recognition? How yeah. far – like how much does that play into – the story. And we're just thinking about – it's because we're thinking about changing our names, honestly, to uh, Kennedy to so we can run for office. So yeah. All three of us. All three, all yeah. four of us. Paul's in on this yeah. too. Full disclosure, we're all going to start flying small aircraft uh, in yeah. Cape Cod. But, you know, we'll be careful. And it has to be four of us so that we're not KKK. Yep. Yikes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just think of the memes. We got to have four. But okay. see, okay. once one of us goes down though, we're screwed. Maybe we should each just get – Take the name of a political dynasty. Okay. There could be a, a Roosevelt. Um, Roosevelt, Kennedy, Bush, Clinton. Ooh. I, I, ooh who got stuck with Bush? I'll be Bush. That's good. That's all you need. That's all you need. See, I knew the golden pipes would, would rear their uh-huh. beautiful dulcet tones eventually. <laughs> and since we, we finally got some uh, amazing uh, Matt impressions, Matt impressions, there, uh, that means we can Matlibs. Matlibs. There we go. That's worth it. We can uh, now bid this episode adieu in peace, lay it to rest, and hope that tragedies do not continue in the Kennedy family, in your own family, heck, in any family. Haven't they suffered enough? Enough with the tragedies, world and fate, <laughs> and whoever else controls this kind of thing. Stop it.
<laughs> Just be nice. But yeah, let us, let us know. What Do you think it's a matter of karma? Is it coincidence? We want to hear your take. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter where we are Conspiracy Stuff, Conspiracy Stuff Show, some variation thereof. You can also find us on Facebook. Um, and if you really want to go down a fun rabbit hole, you can join our Here's Where It Gets Crazy Facebook group where you'll find things like this amazing poster of this upcoming movie starring Sam Elliott called The Man Who Killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Oh, really? Both? Yeah, uh-huh, both. Starring Sam Elliott, Aiden Turner, Caitlin Fitzgerald, and Larry Miller, and our boy Ron Livingston. And at first, people thought that it was a spoof, but it yeah. is a real picture, my friends, coming soon to a cinema near you. Wow, okay. And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode... You can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge this season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.